Kombucha zest have a unique brewing process, which does not just produce any old kombucha. With over 18 flavors being crafted by their super team, they not only have the best tasting kombucha, but I personally love that you can go and have a hands-on um, you know, experience where you can head to your local market or cafe and refill your bottles or get a glass and, and enjoy it that way as well. Their kombucha is full of health benefits, like all great ferments, including detoxifying through gluconic acids and probiotics, those good bugs in your gut, boosting energy with enzymes and B vitamins, and giving you mental clarity from all of the antioxidants. The perfect replacement for uh, that afternoon coffee or sugar craving, you know, if, you, if you're wanting a chocolate fix, kombucha is perfect. I recommend you try it. For me, uh, getting on board with local, innovative, and colorful people and companies, the Kombucha Zest Boys and Girls, um, it's, it's really a highlight of my job, and I'm so excited to have them on board. They allow me to bring you the Naked Naturopaths. So I encourage you to get on their website. It's kombuchazest.com, and check out their beautiful, beautiful ferment products and try them today. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to Melissa Gearing, the Naked Naturopath. Mel is a qualified naturopath, herbalist, and nutritionist. She can't wait to share her thoughts on all things health and wellness with you. My name is Melissa Gearing, and I am the Naked Naturopath. Thanks for listening in. Welcome back to The Naked Naturopath, everyone. Today, I have an awesome lady who I've been stalking on Instagram on the on the cast to chat. Her name is Erin Picken. She's a hairstylist, a wife, a mum of two beautiful boys, and she calls herself a lover of whole food, fermented food, organic, toxic-free lifestyle. She's also an integrative health student, and she looks after people with doTERRA oils as well, essential oils. So welcome to the podcast, Erin. I'm so pleased to have you on. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it'll be nice to just have a chat. Um, I know that when we were talking via email, you're a bit like, what are we going to chat about? And then you gave me this enormous list of stuff. And I was like, well, there's like three podcasts in there. <laughs> what do you want to chat about? You, you're very interesting and you've had a long journey um, in the health scope, um, especially in alternative health stuff that, that I can see. Um, tell me a little bit about how you came, came to start your journey. Sure. Okay. So um, about four or five years ago, um, we had went to our regular GP and um, my eldest son had some um, lymphatic swelling in his neck and other places. And um, that kind of set us on a path where we went and had it screened and x-rayed and whatnot. And you get the yes, it's all fine. And then as a mum, you're like, well, that's not really good enough because surely it's not supposed to be doing that. Um, And so you start searching for extra answers. And um, from there, uh, we went to a naturopath and um, we started testing for a number of things. And one of those was um, the MTHFR's effective gene. And in testing for that, my eldest son has a single copy of that defective gene and my youngest son actually had a double copy of that defective gene. And it was at that point where I then as a mum felt really bad that I had totally missed that in my little guy um, and he was in fact worse than my big boy. And so that then opened up this kind of can of worms, as you might say, um, about their, their health and we started digging from there. Um, around that time as well, my youngest boy started school 
and um, it became more obvious that uh, the expectations um, that were on him and he was unable to meet were getting bigger and bigger um, as far as being social and, um, you know, behaviour at home and uh, social etiquette and all those types of things. So we just started on this big, long, um, very intense journey of health and wellness and um, that has led us to today which is you know nearly five years later where um, my boys most of the time are symptom free and uh, doing really well but yes it's been a very long journey. Definitely and I mean for us in clinic like as a naturopath the MTHFR gene is complex enough and I worked with a lady who had this enormous poster that she put up on the wall like it was almost the size of a wall right which had all the (laughs) methylation cycles you know all these figure eights and and um all these complex um connections that the mthfr gene connects to because it's not just that one thing i mean there's so many different cycles in our body that this gene affects and some people say that that is you know, isolating and and it makes it not as important. But for a lot of us, we see that that has importance on all those other factors. So even in clinic as a naturopath, it is confusing and it's complex. And so I can't imagine, um, you know, as a mum coming into that from nothing to have, have your, you know, your boys um, diagnosed with, with the um, MTHFAR stuff. Uh, I can't imagine because I feel guilty when my little girl, you know, um, has a cold. So it's just like programmed in us, right, to feel guilty. And there's no way that you can know that unless, you know, unless you know. I see a lot of women with fertility issues because of this gene, right? So they know that there is a risk factor there that they're passing that on to their children. But uh, for you and your husband, you may or may not have known it was even a factor and therefore passing it on, you know is not not a Absolutely. yeah you don't know not that you can do anything no. um that i know of <laughs> no, no. but now that's that, right yeah now that you do know you can help to manage their symptoms that's it and i suppose um you know not knowing yeah you can only do the best you can with the information you have at, at the time and um that's one thing as a mum that i tell myself over and over again um because it does help in those guilty moments where you feel bad for having made a not so good choice previously but yeah we can only do the best we can with the information we have at the time absolutely um and i suppose mm-hmm. when when we got that um diagnosis with the mthfr we also got another one um about food allergies mm-hmm. and there were um five five different food allergies which were dairy gluten milk eggs peanuts and honey oh, um wow. and that so that all was very um huge at the time to take on as a mum because it meant all our food had to change mm-hmm. and it was really overwhelming um but it also made everything that we'd been going on everything all the symptoms that we've been having um it, makes sense Mm. um and whilst we're on that mthfr um subject uh kobe my my little guy his um when he had his vaccinations was when we really noticed a change in him yeah and when we got the mthfr diagnosis you know that all seemed to make sense because the heavy metals in his body that he wasn't able to detox very well because of that defective gene so in a way it was really um 
satisfying is the wrong word, but it kind of felt like a little bit of closure that things were starting to make sense. Sometimes you just need answers, even if they're bad answers, you know, they're not the answers that you desire. It's not like, hey, everything's all clear. Sometimes hearing that everything's all good in terms of blood testing and what the GPs are generally doing, you know, if it's not outside the box, sometimes hearing that everything's fine is just more and more frustrating. (laughs) Yes. You're like, yes. well, what are we That's doing it. wrong? Yes. Yeah. And I yes. do know, you know, there is a push for MTHFR defects to be a medical reason to um, not have to vaccinate under the same schedule. And, you know, um, mm-hmm. I'm not saying not vaccinate. I'm not saying vaccinate. I know this is a huge controversial topic. And over the years, Absolutely. many people have asked me to talk about it on the podcast. But I, I will say that I do think that it, it should be a, there should be a medical consideration there with this kind of defect for the type of vaccinations and to change the scheduling overall so that there's not such a load on the little bodies that can't methylate properly Absolutely. in the first place. Yeah, sure. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, we we obviously did vaccinate for both our children mm. and having had all the complications we've had, I honestly couldn't say that I wouldn't do it again, um, but I don't know that I would want to do it again either, so yeah. I'd be kind of sitting on the fence there. But um, I agree with you. I think that they sh- and they should be separated. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a couple of vaccinations that are given all in one and I think they should be separated. Yeah, definitely. And we're just adding more and more together as well. So it puts a lot of pressure on, on um, you know, a general immune system, let alone an immature uh, immune system and somebody who can't um, essentially detox correctly. Absolutely. Um, so I think your child should be tested before you have it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You, mm. oh, I mean, mm. can I ask if... In doing all this stuff with Kobe and Nate, you've looked back at yourself. Have you been tested? Um, look, because Kobe uh, has the double defective gene, which I believe is means homozygous, um, that, and my understanding, my research says that hubby and I at least have a single copy each. Mm-hmm. So for the sake of costings, no, yeah, hubby yeah. and I have not been tested. Um, but we just assume uh, because of that that uh, that we both have, have at least a single copy. Um my, my little guy getting that um, that double copy did make me think that I have a double copy myself and mm. kind of explained a lot of things for me growing up with my health. And I think as a parent, once things start to kind of go not wrong with your kids but a bit astray, you start questioning what happened to you in your lifetime. And I had a lot of gut issues and I have a lot of issues around drinking alcohol. I don't actually drink alcohol at all because it hugely affects my yep. system, yeah, and um, I I believe that's from my um, MTHFR. Mm. So it's interesting um, yeah. for you guys to find out, yes, single or double, and what type of mutation as well, so that you guys can look at, you know, how um, how that might affect you personally. Uh, but more more to the point is, as you said, financially it becomes very difficult because all of this testing is optional in terms of. Um, you know, it's not stuff that you go. You don't. You don't go and get uh, MTHFR with your vitamin D and your iron and your hormonal panels. You know, it's not a general GP tested thing. And generally, like you're looking at around fifty to eighty dollars, uh, depending on which path lab you go with to get it tested. So it does all become quite expensive. Um, yeah. Yeah. At the time, we were testing um, the kids' uh, um, food intolerances. We were doing fecal testing. 
So there was a lot of testing that was based on them. So Hubby and I kind of just decided, look, we are just going to assume that we have whatever the kids do um, and, you know, and ensure that we're looking after ourselves from from that perspective. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, Would you mind telling us a little bit more about your boys? Kobe, your youngest, you've said to me that he's autistic and an eight-year-old has anxiety and he has a lymphatic issue um, because I made the way that we met is because I made him herbs for that because you heard about echinacea on one of my other podcasts, which is really cool. Um, So, yeah, it would be really interesting. I guess there's mums out there listening going, oh, my God, what if my kids have it? What were the first, um, I guess, what are the signs and symptoms that really, like you've read about MTHFR and you go, oh, my God, this makes sense now. What are the main signs and symptoms for you and your boys? Yeah, sure. So um, definitely as a student now, um, knowing that that they have difficulty um, methylating, so absorbing their vitamins and minerals and detoxifying all the toxic stuff that's in their bodies. Um, so in, in the start when we, when we started to understand what was going on, it was just really important to make sure that we were putting all the right things into their bodies. So that meant switching to organic foods and um, taking out anything with sugar because they both really heavily react to sugar. Um, all their food intolerances to be removed. Um, so that's dairy and gluten. And I think personally that nobody should be eating dairy and gluten um and making sure that you know we're we're plant-based we do eat meat but it has to be organic uh and just supplementing for for making up for the fact that the kids i know aren't absorbing all the good stuff that they're eating um so supplementation is important to us and when we when when things kind of um get off track a little bit or we're out of routine or we go camping um those things flip a little bit and that's when you notice those symptoms coming back so for my youngest um with autism you know you get his lack of attention lack of focus um his inability to follow instructions um he's uh he gets a bit angry and agitated easily and that's because he's not understanding um and and I also think that as our diet slips in those moments um you know the 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 toxic stuff's coming back into them and they can't they can't get rid of Mm. that toxic stuff so you definitely notice the symptoms flare at times and if I'm not onto it all the time, we do get those flare-ups and, and that's a bit of a, um, a wake-up call for me as a mum to be like, right, um, we've slipped out of our routine and we need to get back into it. But um, as far as symptoms go, you know, when we started our journey, I felt like for a long time that, um, that you know, things weren't normal. Um, you know, put that in inverted commas, <laughs> what, what, what is, is it, normal? yeah. But... Um, you know, in comparing and, uh, you know, do, do they do they meet this and do they meet that and how they're going at school and how they're making friends. I think as a parent you know if, if things aren't quite right. And um, and once you acknowledge it, that's when it's time, you know, to, to go down that rabbit hole and, um, and search out your answers, even mm. if your general practitioner tells you that everything is fine. Because yeah. as a mum, you know your kids best. Yeah, that's beautiful. And like having some of those symptoms, I guess, in terms of feedback for you means that you know that what you're doing is working and that it's worth the effort, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> it is a lot of effort. Um, we, we, yes. What you're you, doing, you, just, yeah. you have to do it. Yeah. Yeah. You that's, have to do it. you know, you're. Um, we went to the PT. Sorry. No, you go. 
Uh, when we went to the paediatrician, we, we saw a number of paediatricians because uh, <laughs> I wasn't really happy with them. Yeah. And uh, because they, they all wanted to medicate my children. Mm. And um, we did not want to do that because, yeah. uh, you know, neither of them are, you know, really bad on the scale. Yeah. But they, they could have better lives and medication wasn't the answer. Yeah. Um, so, yes, you do just have to do the best you can and, and implement those things that you know work and um, and keep going. Yeah. No, that's awesome. That's beautiful. And you can for sure only do what you know about at the time. And like you said, you go camping, you guys have some other food, you see those symptoms come up. Yes, that's, you know, not ideal, but it means that, the boys too then know the importance of what you're doing for them because I'm sure that they want to have some takeaway, you know, Maccas every now and then or something like that. And, um, you, you know, you can have that conversation and say, well, you know how you feel like this when, you know, when you when you eat that kind of food, do you want to feel like that? And they can become a bit self-aware about their own symptoms as well as they grow up. Absolutely. That is so hugely important to me. And I think um, if that's the one takeaway message that someone gets from listening today, um, that would be really awesome because I think it's easy to say no to your kids and for them to say, yes, mum, but for them to understand why you said no or for them to start making that choice, that mm. best choice for themselves um, is what's really important because especially for my youngest with that double copy mutated gene, you know, when he gets to 17 or 18 and he starts feeding himself or drinking options start getting presented to him, I want him to be able to make the best choice for himself and to know what that feels like. Yeah. So, you know, we go to a kid's party now and the table's filled with lollies and gluten and dairy cake mm. and, um, you know, my kids will come to me and they'll say, oh, mom, I'd really like a bit of cake. And normally in our house that food's not there and they know they can't have it and it's fine. Um, but in those moments I'll say to them, well, you make the best choice for yourself, kiddo. Yeah. And sometimes that's to have that bit of cake. Yeah, And sometimes absolutely. it's not. And yeah. when it is, they always come to me and they say, oh, mom, I didn't make the best choice. Oh. <laughs> and yeah. I say, well, honey, next time. But you don't know, we you all feel like that, that sometimes? Yeah, yeah, whether absolutely. you're a child or an adult. Yeah, for sure. You just go, oh, yeah. that, you know, that gin and tonic was so good. I'm just going to have a fourth. And then you feel really yes. bad about it in the morning. And, you know, you know that that was a bad choice, but sometimes you, you have to make it and learn from that experience for sure. Yes. Now yes, you you absolutely. do a lot of you do a lot of this kind of work. You said supplements, but you do a lot of it with food as well. And um, I'll get you to tell everybody where they can kind of check you out because I love your Instagram photos and it really like that's what attracted me to you. So vibrant and so positive. So I really love seeing that. And I'm sure people, um, if you're happy to, they would love to flick through and you know find you there. But um, tell me a bit yeah, about absolutely. your food journey because a lot of MTHFR stuff um is affected by. Um, and you know, I don't know, I didn't tell you that we would maybe touch on this and it's just come to me now, but, um, fortified food and eating organic, what is going to help with that. But, um, some of that specific, you know, especially that double, double one with, um, Kobe is he's going to be affected by fortified food. So are you avoiding that kind of stuff? What do you Absolutely. do? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So we pretty much don't eat um, packaged food. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, at my understanding is a lot of those fortified foods are in your bread or yeah. your breakfast cereals yeah. Um, yeah. and that kind of thing. So they're foods that we generally avoid anyway, yeah, and that cool. is because of the children's food allergies. Mm -hmm. So 
being presented with the food allergies at the same time as the um, the diagnosis, uh, I actually rang my sister-in-law and I said, I was in tears and mm-hmm. I said, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? We can't eat anything that we would normally eat. And she said, just eat whole foods. Yeah. And I was like, what? Yeah. And she said, just eat whole foods and then you're not going to have a problem. So we, we started off just eating whole foods. And, um, and then once I'd got a handle on that, then we went organic. So I think um, it, it's really overwhelming to try and change so many things at once. Absolutely. So I would yeah. say to everybody, just pick one thing a week to change yeah. and work on that. And once you've mastered that, then move on. Mm-hmm. So, um, yes, we eat all colours of the rainbow. And I have a beautiful um, lady who sells beautiful organic fresh produce from her home. Beautiful. Um, about five minutes from my oh, house. Oh, fantastic. I know. And she's been there for like 30 years. Wow. Um, so I do my entire food shop there. Yeah, wow. And um, and she actually stocks the meat from my local organic butcher oh. as well. So, yes, um, all organic produce. And I just make sure that, um, you know, my kids get an amazing breakfast, they get an amazing lunch, and they get an amazing dinner. And anything in between is kind of a bonus. Yeah. So um, really good at eating everything on their plate. And that's been a journey too. Yeah. You know, I, Instagram can look perfect and <laughs> life's not like that. <laughs> life's not like that. So, yes, it's been a five-year journey. And in the beginning, no, my kids did not eat everything mm. on their plate. And, yes, they whinged about all the healthy food. <laughs> but they've grown to love it. Yeah. They've grown to love it and their taste buds change and um, eat the colour of the rainbow. And, yeah, I think um, if if I if I put as much as I can on their plate, then I know that um, that I'm doing the best they can for that absorption, for that defective gene that's, that's not allowing them to absorb everything. Because, you know, with my little guy, I, I pretty much have this number in my head where um, if I put all this amazing food on his plate, he might absorb half of it. Mm. And, um, and that's a pretty uh, achy subject because it hurts because he's, um, you know, he's not absorbing everything. But, yeah, you do the best you can and supplements help as well. Absolutely. So he, um, you know, he's roughly, like possibly depending on the defect, going to have about a 70% reduction in his ability to, when we talk about um, methylation, uh, it's how the food comes into his body, how he absorbs the nutrients from that food and how it goes through the rest of his body to um, act as almost like a precursor to some other factors. So, you know, for him, he might be more prone to anxiety, depression because he's, um, you know, he's not getting the right nutrients to create a happy hormone like SAMI, for example. Um, or, yeah. you know, and that's just one of the, the thousands of um, options in terms of how he could be methylating or not methylating or, um, you know, cycling through stuff. But all of that food means that he has, um, a, you know, a huge, uh, so much more likelihood not only to absorb it, but to use it and to um, use it functionally and for his body to then go through the rest of its processes correctly. Um, so, you know, I don't know, like I think if he's, if you're doing that every day, I think he's got way more than half coming through. Um, and the supplements will help as well because, you know, if he's on like some activated bees, for example, alone, that helps that cycle to work right. And so then you put the food in on top and, you know, you just, you adding all those layers to his health. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, that, that's exactly right, Melissa. And, um, 
you said earlier about the fortified foods and one of the reasons why I make sure that those aren't in his diet um, is because that can block it. Absolutely. We, we didn't talk about that before, yeah, but yeah. I'm sure you're going to lead to that. And um, and that's why it's so important that those things are, are out of out of his diet mm. because you want to do the best you can for his absorption and at the same time you need to think about that detoxifying. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. And I think yeah. – um, you know, lots of people listening will probably know, they'll listen because they see this, uh, they'll read the little blurb and they'll see it and go, that is something I'm interested in. But there could be a few people listening that have never heard of this and you can Google it. There's a great um, resource website called MTHFR Australia and they have loads of information on that webpage and, you know, I direct loads of my clients to that because um, it simplifies it, a very complex um thing you know like there's so many factors like you said but yes fortified food and you know I know that some of the unis in Australia the head of dietetics don't condone fortified food for this reason um and and you know a few others but this is one of the main reasons is because it does it acts like a roadblock on some of those cycles and if those cycles are like figure eights right you picture a figure eight in your head and there's a roadblock somewhere along the line it means that things are going to stop there you can then get a build-up um, you can then get a backlash, and all of this stuff has huge detrimental effects on um, on your health. And like I said, I deal with fertility a lot, but there's yes. mental health is a huge one. Um, there's weight and um, lifestyle disease factors. You know, like we think that people get diabetes because they eat sugar, but it can be way more complex than that. Um, type two diabetes, cardiovascular disease, metabolic diseases as well. So there's heaps of stuff that can be affected by this. And yeah, if you're interested, go check out that that page. Um, now I saw on your Instagram your last photo. I think it is. Is that beautiful lunch? Is is that what you send your boys to school with? Is that their lunch boxes? It's like these silver tins, and they got yeah. like brownies. Is that their lunch? That's their lunchbox. That's yes, amazing. I'm so impressed. I, I just think that's amazing. So yeah, cool. I'm very lucky that they don't mind eating a lot of the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're routine children. They they like to expect what they're going to receive. Yes. So I guess um, also like with, with all due respect because I, um, you know, I, I – and very appreciative of this type of personality. Sometimes when you get those um, gene genetic defects, there's certain personality traits that you can depend on there, um, which are positive. It doesn't all have to be negative, and that can be definitely one of them, which is cool. It means it often means they're a really compliant client. They take their herbs every day, you know, like <laughs> there's, there's good stuff there. And they're, interestingly, they're often a certain type of eye when we look at the eye in iridology which tells ah. us a little bit about their personality and that kind of stuff as well. So, yeah, fascinating um, how iridology cool. works with the genetic factors. Um, yeah, but yes. look, I can't thank you enough for coming on because I just kind of um, stalked you out of the blue on Instagram and I thought, you know what, like I think you'd just be great on the podcast and if we get um, – I'm sure we will get some questions and stuff like that. I'd love to do another podcast with you and delve a bit deeper into um, day-to-day how, you know, how you kind of do the food and, and um, all that kind of stuff and maybe chat about the Juterra a bit more, which is people are always interested in. So um, where can people find sure. you if they want to check you out? Yeah, well, I, I'm um, pretty active on Instagram, so it's just Erin Picken on Instagram. And, um, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to catch up with anybody who's interested. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you so much for your time today, Erin. 
Thank you. If you like what we do here at The Naked Naturopath, then be sure to rate, review and subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To learn more about Mal and MG Herbs, jump onto mgherbs.com, follow us on Facebook at MG Herbs Australia and Instagram at MG Herbs Official. Please keep in mind that all advice and opinions on The Naked Naturopath are not individualized. To get the right advice for you, be sure to make a booking with Mal or your health professional. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.